Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Well, we're heading into Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. The Montreal Canadiens uh, trying to make the improbable comeback uh, after being down three games to none. Now, they, they and not only uh, were they down three games to none, they got outplayed in Game 4, but uh, for the first time in the series, Carey Price uh, helped Montreal to a victory, and uh, they're probably going to need more where that came from. Uh, in Game 5, according to betonline.ag, uh, Tampa Bay is still heavily favored, minus 233. Uh, if you're on Montreal's side, it's minus or it's plus 208. Uh uh, the, the premiums on Tampa Bay in this series have been more than I would like to pay. Uh, I Right now, for, for Game 5, uh, Tampa Bay minus Alex Killorn. Uh, I have Tampa Bay minus 140. Uh, and so, uh, and, and this has kind of been consistent through, throughout much of the, uh, the playoff run here for Montreal, is that when, they, like, when they've played uh, heavily favored teams like Toronto, uh, for example, in the first round, uh, the, those prices really started to, to tilt uh, and and made it, uh, I guess, t- more more uh, challenging to go taking favorites in, in those cases. And so there was lots of value to be found on Montreal's side. Uh, in, in the case here for Game 5, I, I don't love Montreal's chances, uh, but I certainly don't like uh, Tampa Bay at minus 233. It's just that's a, that's a lot to ask uh, in, in a game where a hot goaltender can, uh, can swing the result. Uh, but... You know, given what we've seen so far in this series, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, should uh, should be able to finish things off in Game Five at home. Uh, but uh, it would it would make things awfully interesting uh, if Montreal could uh, uh, get this one uh, and then had it send it back to uh, Montreal for Game Six. That would uh, that would uh, you know add, add a whole lot of pressure uh, that didn't look like it was ever going to happen. So we'll we'll see how Montreal uh, fares in this one, uh, but. If uh, if this is you know game five is, is how the the season ends, uh, I think Montreal is going to ultimately uh, be happy with their accomplishment. And uh, Tampa Bay, I mean they they they're trying to uh, win their second straight Stanley Cup and uh, you know get get all the accolades that go along with that. Uh, so uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I I do think Tampa Bay probably finishes it tonight, but. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pay that premium uh, to see it. Uh, so now, uh, what we're gonna do uh, as we uh, start to approach uh, the off season and the National Hockey League entry draft uh, is I'm gonna do a little draft history uh, for each team. We'll start in 2005 uh, and move forward uh, and uh, see see how kind of the, the history has gone for each team, and you can kind of see uh, some some points uh, where. Uh, Things might have gone sideways, or where you where a team set themselves up uh, for years to come, uh, and so uh, we're just going to do this alphabetically. So the first team is the Anaheim Ducks, uh, and and now this isn't all going to happen in this one podcast. I'll spread these out, uh, but uh, we'll do a handful today. Uh, and starting with the Ducks, um, let's go in 2005 and work our way forward. And in 2005, they got uh, Bobby Ryan with the second overall pick. Uh, I think. By all accounts, that would have to be a successful pick. 569 points in 866 games. Uh, sure, they hoped that they could get the number one pick in that uh, uh, in that post-lockout lottery because the number one pick was Sidney Crosby. Uh, but Bobby Ryan uh, was a really productive player for, for Anaheim. Uh, he's you know nearing the end of the line now. 
but uh, you, ha you have to uh, kind of give Anaheim at least some credit uh, for their development path of, of Bobby Ryan and that he uh, had a, a very good run uh, in Anaheim before moving on. Uh, then we moved to 2006. Uh, their 19th pick was uh, Mark Matera, the University of Michigan defenseman, uh, did not play in the National Hockey League. Uh, they did get a little bit of value out of fourth-round pick Matt Valeski, uh, who's uh, a physical winger, played 477 games in the National Hockey League. And generally, when we're looking at teams' uh, their their draft history obviously the first round pick is really important uh, that's the one that you need to to make it uh, but then you also need uh, something else elsewhere in the draft and and maybe it's just going to be uh, some guy who plays a few hundred games but uh, but, but you need all those guys to provide value uh, to your organization over the long haul uh, so uh, so when you when you miss on Mark Matera in the first round uh, in 2006 uh, getting something out of Matt Bolesky. I mean, a 477-game NHL career is certainly not nothing, uh, and so you need to take that. In 2007, uh, the, the Ducks miss on the, the 19th overall pick with Logan McMillan, also did not play any games in the National Hockey League. Uh, now, the, the Ducks are really uh, uh, stretching uh, the contributions uh, deeper in. The, in. the second round, they got Eric Tangrady, who's been a very good AHL player who, who's been called up uh, several times throughout his career, but uh, has not had a huge NHL impact. And Stephen Kampfer, a defenseman who's uh, kind of made a, a, a good living as a 7th and 8th defenseman uh, throughout his career, has not played a ton, uh, but has lasted uh, a long time. Uh, and so uh, I'm not sure uh, a draft that uh, where you miss on your first rounder and you get ta uh, Tangrady and Kampfer is enough to, uh, to satisfy you. But uh, the, the, the idea of uh, getting some value later in the draft does apply. Uh, in 2008, uh, the Ducks drafted a couple of defensemen. Uh, and while they did not necessarily offer a lot of uh, on-ice value uh, to the Ducks, uh, you have to give them uh, credit for uh, the picks. Uh, they, they drafted Jake Gardner and Justin Schultz. Uh, and now they, they traded Gardner to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, Schultz, uh, when he finished his, his college career, uh, signed with the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, Gardner and Schultz... Uh, that there's at least some uh, value in identifying uh, that talent. 2009, uh, the Anaheim Ducks had the 15th overall pick, and they took Peter Holland, who never quite panned out, had played a few hundred games in the National Hockey League, and uh, but yeah, I, I think they were hoping for more uh, when he was picked at, at number 15. Now at 26, uh, they got Kyle Palmieri, uh, and now, uh, well, the the majority of his value was not uh, accrued in Anaheim. Uh, you you can give them credit for for drafting Palmieri, who's been uh, one of the better uh, goal scoring wingers uh, in recent years. Uh, and and then the in the fourth round that same year, they got defenseman Sammy Vatnin, uh, who's played a, played a top four role for you know the better part of a decade. Uh, and uh, See, there's the case where maybe if you didn't hit on, on your first pick in the draft, uh, getting Palmieri and Vatnin later, uh, that, that certainly offers up uh, pretty strong value uh, otherwise. Uh, in 2010, uh, the Ducks got Cam Fowler uh, with the 12th overall pick. Uh, and I, re I remember at the time, uh, Fowler was slipping, uh, and it seemed like uh, he might have been slipping a little too far. Uh, and uh, so the Ducks uh, reaped some value out of that. And then... Uh, the rest of the players that they that they took in that draft, um, well, well, none of them are you know stars or impact players. Uh, they all played uh, in the league. The next four guys: uh, Devonte Smith, Pelly, Chris Wagner, Emerson Edom, Tim Heed. Uh, I guess Edom was, uh, was the the second pick there, but um, Smith Pelly, uh, 
had a, uh, a useful career. Wagner's still going, uh, battling away with the Boston Bruins. Uh, and, and so all those guys, all four of them, played at least 100 games in the league. So, you know, there's something to be, to be said for that. And then in 2011, uh, Anaheim had just a, a monster of a draft. Uh, with the 30th pick, uh, they took Ricard Raquel. A uh, very good scoring winger who has uh, somehow found a way to uh, really underachieve uh, offensively in recent years. He generates a ton of shots and is not uh, not finishing uh, in the way that he did earlier in his career. He had a couple of 30-goal seasons. Uh, but still, uh, with the 30th pick to get a player of uh, Raquel's caliber, is, is uh, that's quality. Uh, they also got goaltender John Gibson, uh, the franchise goaltender, uh, uh, now, his past couple of seasons have, have not been great, but it's also probably been a case of uh, getting overwhelmed uh, because his team has been uh, outshot pretty poorly. Uh, then uh, they also drafted William Carlson, uh, who it, it took a few stops before Carlson really uh, found his his value. Uh, but now in Vegas, I mean, he's a, a second-line center, sometimes first-line center uh, for the Golden Knights and uh, has really uh, established himself as a... Uh, productive NHL player. And then they also drafted jo- defenseman Josh Manson, uh, who remains a, a mainstay on the Anaheim defense. Uh, that's uh, uh, an outstanding draft uh, to get uh, four guys who ultimately are uh, top six forwards, top four defensemen, starting goaltender. Like the, There's a lot of value uh, coming out of that 2011 draft for the Ducks. Uh, the next year in 2012, uh, the, with the sixth overall pick, they grab Hampus Lindholm, it's fine value. Uh, and then in the third round, they draft goaltender Frederick Anderson. Uh, and so uh, that's a, another case where you know, not only do you hit in the first round, but uh, Anderson is a third round pick and a guy who was a starting goaltender in the league for uh, quite a while and is, is probably kind of still uh, hovering around uh, a starting job or being in a tandem uh, moving forward. Uh, there's, that's quite a good value out of the 2012 draft. Uh, 2013, uh, with a 26th pick, uh, the Ducks pick Shea Theodore. And uh, it might have taken a little while, uh, and, it, and it took him uh, going to another team, uh, but Theodore uh, has turned into a, a star uh, on defense. I mean, he's, he's probably, in the next few years, going to be a uh, a strong Norris Trophy contender. And, and it doesn't mean he's going to win, but he'll be in that discussion. Uh, and so uh, that, that alone is, is great value, even if the Ducks didn't get a whole lot uh, else out of the 2013 draft. 2014, uh, the 10th pick, they took Nick Ritchie. Uh, it's okay, I suppose. Uh, but they also uh, secured three more uh, NHL players, defenseman Marcus Pedersen, uh, defenseman Brandon Montour, and winger Andre Kasha. Uh, now, Kasha injuries have uh, really kind of derailed his career, but he's been uh, a solid player uh, when he's been healthy. Uh, Montour and Pedersen have had kind of varying degrees of success uh, on defense, but there, you go through that 2014 draft, and the Ducks have four uh, legit NHLers out of it. Uh, 2015, uh, they have the 27th pick on defenseman Jacob Larson, uh, but the real value uh, for them was fifth-round pick on winger Troy Terry. Um, 2016, uh, the Ducks used the 24th pick on Max Jones, the 30th pick on Sam Steele. Uh, I, I don't know that the uh, it feels like uh, home runs there, but uh, kind of still developing players that uh, Anaheim can hope uh, provide some more uh, moving forward. 2017, they used a second-round pick for Max Comtois. Uh, 2018, they had the 23rd overall pick for Isaac Lundestrom. Uh, and and you know between Jones, Steele, Comtois, Lundestrom, you've got kind of a few guys who who the uh, Ducks you know might like to build around and be part of their future. Uh, but I don't know that any of those four are a real cornerstone 
uh, pieces. But then uh, in 2019, uh, with the ninth overall pick, they got Trevor Zegers, uh, who uh, looks like he's you know maybe one of the the, the top prospects uh, in hockey right now, uh, and you know should be a future number one center uh, for Anaheim, unless of course they trade for Jack Eichel, in which case maybe he'll just be a, a great number two for a while. Uh, and then 2020. Uh, they they drafted defenseman Jamie Drysdale with the sixth overall pick, uh, and I think normally Drysdale would have returned to the Ontario Hockey League this year, uh, but because there was no Ontario Hockey League uh, playing this year, uh, he played in the American Hockey League and then got a chance to play with Anaheim uh, and showed that you know he he could do some pretty special things, uh, and so you, you you go through this span of Anaheim drafts and you can see you know good and bad along the way, uh, but. Uh, you, you can uh, really look at, I mean, the 2011 draft was a monster, uh, but the 2019-2020 the first rounders uh, do look very promising for Anaheim's future. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the National Hockey League. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. Go download the free Green Room app now. It's currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the National Hockey League group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room. Changing the way we talk sports. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and available this week only, July 6th to 9th, you can get a new Built Bar flavor. It's Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of a classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. Now, Built Bar has 10 delicious flavors right now, and that's coconut and cherry barcia and raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate, salted caramel, Uh, is my favorite from that list. But if you haven't tried them, you can order a mixed box uh, from Built Bar and they'll send you a sample of two of each of those. uh, And uh, then you can decide which ones you like best and order more. Um, But not only do they have this wide variety of flavors and they all taste great, is they're covered in 100% chocolate. So it tastes like a nice snack and they're really good for you. They're loaded with protein, low calories, low sugar, low carbs. Uh, So if you're starting into a workout routine, uh, by all means, add Built Bar uh, as part of it. You can uh, give your muscles the protein boost they need. Uh, and go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so we've touched on the uh, the draft history of the Anaheim Ducks. Let's take a look at the Arizona Coyotes. Uh this will be an interesting one. Starting in 2005, uh, 17th overall pick, uh, they picked Martin Hensel. And while Hensel had kind of an injury play career, uh, for the 17th overall pick, I think he, he gave Arizona some pretty good value. Not only that, in the fourth round that year, they drafted Keith Yandel, uh, who uh, has had a, a long and successful career. Uh, and a lot of that uh, happened in Arizona too. So uh, good value in the 2005 draft for the Coyotes. 2006, uh, they used the eighth overall pick on Peter Mueller. Uh, and that probably didn't quite work out uh, the way they had hoped. Mueller uh, showed some signs uh, and flashes, I guess, of, uh, of talent, uh, but uh, ultimately uh, was not a real hit in the National Hockey League. 2007, he was the third overall pick on Kyle Turris, uh, and uh, Turris has had a, a successful career, though most of it uh, probably 
uh, after he was in Arizona. And then uh, in 2007, they also used a sixth-round pick on goaltender Scott Darling. Uh, now, it was a roundabout uh, path to, to Scott Darling having some NHL success, but uh, he, he ultimately did. Uh, in 2008, uh, the uh, Coyotes used the eighth overall pick on Michael Bodker, uh, pretty solid winger, uh, but if you look at the kind of the next four forwards uh, who went in the 2008 draft, there was James Shepard, uh, Michael Fralik, and Brian Little. Uh, so, you know, there, there was probably an opportunity to do a little bit better than Bodker, but uh, overall, uh, Bodker had a pretty uh, solid career. Uh, and then in 2009, with the sixth overall pick, they take Oliver ekman Larson, been a cornerstone piece on uh, on that blue line for a long time. Maybe he might be on his way out uh, now, but... Uh, no complaints, I think, about uh, the value he's offered uh, to Arizona. 2010, uh, 13th overall, they took defenseman Brandon Gormley. Well, that hasn't worked out uh, ideally, uh, especially because the next three picks were Jaden Schwartz, Derek Forbert, and Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, eh, eh, any one of those uh, would have uh, really paid off nicely, but especially Schwartz and Tarasenko. Uh, they also uh, had the 27th pick uh, in the first round, 2010, and they used it on goaltender Mark Byzantine. Uh, that... Uh, you know, did, did not work out very well uh, when the next picks were Charlie Coyle, Emerson Edom, and Brock Nelson. I mean, certainly if you if you got Coyle or Nelson uh, in that spot, that would have uh, worked out a whole lot better. Uh, 2011, uh, the Coyotes used the 20th pick on defenseman Connor Murphy. Solid NHL career. Uh, I don't think there's much to complain about uh, with him at number 20. 2012, uh, their 27th pick uh, in the first round was Henrik Samuelson. Uh, that uh, did not uh, offer a ton of value. But in the second round, uh, they scooped up winger Jordan Martinook, uh, who uh, has turned in a, a pretty solid NHL career uh, as a checking winger, uh, sometimes center. Uh, 2013, uh, the, the Coyotes used a 12th pick uh, on Max Domi. Uh, and then in the fifth round, uh, drafted defenseman Connor Clifton. Now, they didn't get any value uh, for the Coyotes of Connor Clifton, he, his career didn't really, uh, you know, hit until he landed in Boston. Uh, but uh, it, that's the the type of talent that you're trying to acquire here is that, okay, if you hit on Max Domi uh, with a 12th pick, can you come up with something else later? And, and a player like Connor Clifton uh, is, is something else later. Uh, 2014, uh, with the 12th overall pick, the, the Coyotes drafted Brandon Perlini. Um, now, Perlini didn't really... Uh, pan out, uh, I, I suppose, in the way that they had hoped. Uh, and uh, when you look at the next four forwards who uh, who went in that in that draft, it's Jakob Vrana, Dylan Larkin, Sonny Milano, Alex Tuck. Uh, yes, you, you would have missed on Milano too, but uh, Vrana, Larkin, or Tuck uh, certainly would have been uh, more valuable. Uh, but uh, all was not lost uh, in that 2014 draft because in the second round, uh, they got Christian Dvorak, uh, who's been a, uh, a solid top six center for the uh, Coyotes. And then in the fourth round, they drafted Michael Bunting. And a year ago, if I had been talking about this, I, that wouldn't have uh, even made it onto the radar. But Michael Bunting got into the Coyotes lineup this year and scored a little bit uh, and now uh, has sort of resurrected his, his uh, potential uh, as an NHL player. Uh, in 2015, they used a third overall pick on Dylan Strom, uh, rather infamously ahead of Mitch Marner, uh, who went fourth. Uh, they had the 30th pick, uh, used it on Nick Merkley, 32nd pick on Christian Fisher. Uh, you know, neither of those guys have really uh, connected uh, in the NHL. I mean, they've played some games, but not a lot there. Uh, Sebastian Ajo went shortly thereafter, so that there's a, uh, you know, one way it could have gone better for them. Uh, and then in the fifth round, though, they hit on Connor Garland, uh, who was one of the Coyotes' best players this year. Uh, and getting that in, out of a fifth round pick is outstanding. 
2016, uh, they drafted Clayton Keller with the seventh overall pick, and then uh, traded up in the uh, in, to get the 16th pick and picked Jacob Chikrin, the defenseman. And uh, Chikrin seemed to slide uh, further than expected going into that, uh, and so uh, Coyotes uh, ultimately here have, have come away with pretty good value out of, the, out of that because Chikrin has really uh, developed into a top-flight defenseman. Uh, 2017, uh, they drafted Pierre Olivier Joseph with the 23rd pick. Uh, he got dealt to, to Pittsburgh, uh, but does seem uh, a promising NHLer. Uh, 2018, they used the fifth pick on Barrett Hayton, and now that um, there was some risk there because that that seemed to be higher than uh, than mock drafts and things of that nature were were pegging Barrett Hayton, uh, but. Uh, so he went ahead of Philip Zadina, Quinn Hughes, Adam Boquist, uh, and Vitaly Kravtsov. You know, some, some ups and downs along the way there. I mean, obviously Quinn Hughes would be uh, an interesting one, but uh, you know, it, this is the 2018 draft. I, I don't know that we we necessarily know everything of uh, of what these players' careers will be. Uh, 2019, they used the 11th pick on defenseman Victor Soderstrom. Seems a promising case. Uh, and then in 2020. Uh, <laughs> The Coyotes had no picks in the first three rounds, and then in the fourth round selected Mitchell Miller, uh, a pick that they then renounced uh, after it was revealed he had bullied a black disabled teen uh, at his school. And so that's uh, that's a tough one to end on here for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, but if you go through their uh, list, you can see there are some some real ups and downs uh, along the way. Uh, but uh, in in the most recent uh, drafts here, you see that like 2020 is, is really rough. Uh, and and you have to hope that 2018, that fifth pick of Barrett Hayton, uh, turns into something uh, because this is how uh, your franchise starts to to slide is is when you uh, start missing on those high picks. Uh, so now uh, let's when we come back, uh, we will uh, continue the uh, draft draft history uh, with the Boston Bruins. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL, and UFC MMA action. Before the next puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Seem to prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website BetOnline.ag. Or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so one more team uh, we're going to do for uh, the uh, draft history, uh, and it's the Boston Bruins. Now, this is a team who has some serious uh, draft history. Uh, and you know, we're starting in 2005, and 2005 is not a... Uh, a great one for the Bruins. Uh, with the 22nd pick, they took defenseman Matt Lashoff. Uh, among the next six picks, you, they, there was T.J. Oshie, Andrew Cogliano, Matt Niskanen. Uh, so there were some uh, some valuable players uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, in the fourth round, though, they, they landed Vladimir Sabatka, uh, who was a legit top nine forward uh, at, at his best uh, in the National Hockey League. Uh, and so maybe 2005 didn't go great. Well, 2006 was an all-timer. Uh, with the fifth overall pick, uh, the Bruins picked Phil Kessel. Uh, so good value uh, off the top. You got a, a great scoring winger in the second round that year. Milan Lucic, who, uh, while his game has obviously declined by now, uh, had a lot of really good years uh, as as a productive first line scoring winger, who was also one of the toughest uh, players in the game. Uh, and then in the third round, they hit on Brad Marchand. I mean, this is that's an insane uh, draft to go Kessel Lucic Marchand. Uh, 
uh, one, two, three. Marchand is, you know, one of the top, not just one of the top left wingers in hockey, he's one of the top players all, overall uh, right now. In 2007, with the eighth overall pick, they took Zach Hamill, a uh, center who, who did not uh, pan out for them. The next three forwards uh, taken that year were Logan Couture, Brandon Sutter, and Lars Eller. Obviously, any of them would have been preferable to Zach Hamill. Uh, 2008, uh, the Bruins used a 16th pick on Joe Colburn, who had a few hundred games in the National Hockey League, but uh, did not really uh, live up to, to hype. Uh, in 2009, the 25th pick was used on Jordan Caron, uh, one spot ahead of Kyle Palmieri. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're running into a bit of a stretch here uh, where the Bruins are, are not hitting even on their first round picks and, and not getting a whole lot beyond. Uh, and so there's uh, a, a little bit of a, a lean period. Uh, and then in 2010, the second overall pick is Tyler Sagan. Uh, and obviously that pick uh, came from Toronto via the, uh, the Phil Kessel trade. Uh, and so Sagan uh, was kind of battling uh, Taylor Hall for the number one overall uh, pick that year. Uh, great value uh, with the second pick. Uh, they also, in the second round, they got Ryan Spooner, who uh, played 300-plus games in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, a decent NHL player, uh, if, if not uh, a long, sustained career. 2011, the ninth overall pick on Dougie Hamilton. Uh, fantastic uh, value there. Uh, Hamilton is one of the uh, elite defensemen in the game right now. Uh, and now <laughs> that didn't necessarily happen when he was in Boston, but uh, we're, we're talking about the identifying players uh, for draft. Uh, in 2012, uh, the 24th overall pick on goaltender Malcolm Subban. Uh, who really didn't offer much to Boston, uh, has been kind of battling to, to hold a role in the league. He was a backup in, in Vegas and, uh, and in Chicago this year. Uh, and I, I don't know that he's going to ascend any higher uh, than a backup goaltender. Uh, they also did get some peripheral value, though. Third-round pick on defenseman Matt Grizzlick, sixth-round pick on Matt Benning. Now, Benning didn't uh, play for the Bruins, uh, but he's uh, had uh, a decent NHL career. Uh, well, Grizzlick uh, has... Uh, emerged as a, as a pretty solid puck-moving defenseman for Boston. Uh, 2013, Bruins didn't have a first-round pick. Probably their best value out of that, that draft is Peter Solarek, uh, who barely has barely played for the Bruins, but he was a third-round pick that year. Uh, had a great World Championships recently, and maybe that uh, opens the door for Solarek to return to the NHL in some form or fashion. Uh, but the, the, the overall value there in 2013 is not a whole lot for Boston. 2014, uh, they hit a home run. Uh, the 25th pick, David Pasternak, uh, s- somehow slid all the way down uh, that far. Uh, I, I, I'm aware of teams that were picking higher that uh, prior to the draft were extremely high on Pasternak, and, uh, and then as draft day approached, uh, knew that they weren't going to be taking him. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they, they live to regret those kinds of decisions. Uh, but in addition to Pasternak, the Bruins also got Ryan Donato, Danton Heinen, Anders Bjork. Now, none of them are stars. Uh, but that's three more uh, NHL forwards all in that draft. Uh, 2015, uh, m- one of the more infamous uh, draft decisions here for the Bruins. Uh, uh, they get themselves picks 13, 14, and 15. So they got three in a row in the middle of the first round, uh, and they take uh, defenseman Jacob Zaboral, uh, left winger uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, and winger Zach Sinitian. Uh And, well, that uh, the next three picks were Matthew Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat. Uh, you know, and that's tough here is that, you know, DeBrusque and certainly DeBrusque didn't have a great season this year, uh, but, you know, he, he had at least uh, established himself as an AHL player before that. Uh, Zaboral finally got into the league, uh, 
this year uh, in a semi-regular uh, role. And Sinitian really has not, uh, you know, made, made a dent in the National Hockey League. Um, but then the next three players are stars. Uh, and so what do you... <laughs> you, you can't feel anything but regret, I, I think, when you look back at the 2015 draft uh, for Boston. Uh, 2016, uh, their 14th pick went to Char- for Charlie McAvoy. Fantastic value. Uh, you got uh, a premier defenseman uh, that deep into the draft. Uh, the 29th pick they used on Trent Frederick, uh, who looks like he may be a fourth liner. Uh, maybe there's some upside to get to, to the third line, but uh, he, he's at least... Uh, uh, add some toughness on the lower half of the depth chart. Uh, the second round pick that year was defenseman Ryan Lindgren, uh, who's turned into a pretty nice uh, defenseman for the New York Rangers. Uh, 2017, uh, the 18th pick they used on uh, defenseman Erho Vakanainen. Uh, they've got uh, center Jack Studnika uh, and goaltender Jeremy Swayman uh, all drafted that year. Uh, from the looks of it, Studnika still should have a, uh, a future with Boston, and Swayman uh, may, may be their goaltender of the of the very near future. Uh, so uh, there's a chance here that 2017 could give uh, the Bruins some really nice value. Uh, 2018, they didn't have a first-round pick, and none of the players drafted have, have played any NHL games, so there's not a lot there. 2019, they had the 30th overall pick, used it on uh, forward John Beecher, uh, who's not scoring a whole ton at the University of Michigan, so... Um, not going to you know put out huge expectations for him, uh, and then in 2020 they had no first round picks, uh, only four picks overall, uh, and so uh, kind of who knows what you're going to get uh, out of those uh, players in the long term for for Boston. But I think uh, when you look at the state of the Bruins right now, uh, they see a roster that has uh, aging players like Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and David Krejci, uh, and and the, and you want to kind of give that that part of the core. Uh, a chance to contend. And so this is why uh, the Bruins, A, they're, they do contend, uh, but you know, they've got years here where they don't have first-round picks. Uh, and that's this is how you end up getting to the end of the, your contention window, uh, is that you don't get to replenish uh, that top young talent in your organization. Uh, and it, this isn't to criticize the Bruins for doing it. This is, you know, when, when you've got players like uh, Marchand and Bergeron uh, still playing at a really elite level, uh, you should give them a chance to uh, compete. And, and uh, if it means trading first-round picks to get uh, high-end talent, then you do so. Um, so uh, in any case, we have covered three teams uh, on uh, kind of reviewing their draft history, uh, and we will continue to do that as we approach uh, the National Hockey League draft, but that will do it for today. Um, check out my work on The Athletic and at McKean's Hockey, as well as scottcullenhockey.substack.com, and check out the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast. Check these podcasts out on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, why one NFL playmaker wants out of New England. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.